So we have winning time. We have Elvis. We have Elvis. Embrace the party. <laughs> Embrace the party. Forget about the draft. Embrace the party. Welcome to the JT and Looney podcast. Episode 128. Powered by our friends at Bet Online. They continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. Find all the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the NBA playoffs, big fights, and next season's futures. Always fun to bet on the futures and the props. And don't forget, Major League Baseball is back. Who are you picking to win the World Series? Bet Online, your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. Check it out. Super easy to get started. Head to the website today, betonline.ag. And uh, you got to use the promo code BELIEVE. If you're friends with JT and Looney, use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, not B-E-L-E-A-V, BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, and you'll get your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. And right now, got to push a couple of buttons here, and the podcast will start. The JT and Looney podcast, the award-winning JT and Looney podcast. We've been setting records with the downloads. We really appreciate it. All right. Hey, you know, JT, I talked to three NFL general managers today. <laughs> they said, don't underestimate this draft class like everyone else is. This will be a <laughs> digital graveyard. This will go down, and I'm Mr. Vegas, and we are here in Vegas for the draft, and I'm the guy that's been here. So all of these posers that are coming in, they don't know where to stay. They don't know what street light to cross over. They don't know where they should go. I'm Mr. Vegas. It's a party. Forget about the draft. Forget about the picks. It's not a great draft. No one's excited about it. There's no quarterbacks. There's not a Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck, Trevor Lawrence. Uh, there's no one. Will Eli not wear the hat because Philip Rivers and Eli doesn't want to play in San Diego? There's none of that. There's no Jamarcus Russell. There's no Ryan Leaf. Get it out of your head. Just enjoy the party as Vegas is trying to throw one of the largest sports parties ever attended it has the ability to be at a super bowl level because we got a lot of people just in vegas anyway to drink and act like a kardashian to begin with and people have been wanting to get out so bad people have cabin fever because of the last three years of the pandemic and or the last two years and three seasons of the pandemic and people have been waiting for and the nfl draft over the years has been building and building and building and it probably is going to hit a crescendo in Vegas. And, you know, people will say maybe this isn't a great draft, but as you know, they're always wrong about those things. And that's why I don't get excited for the draft as everyone else does, because they're always it's people don't replay the shows from last year and show how wrong they were. <laughs> they just keep moving forward like any good conspiracy theorist always Who does. Who the hell is Mel Kuyper anyway? <laughs> Who the, remember when Anthony Bennett was taken out of UNLV, the basketball player, number one yeah. overall, and it yeah. was a disaster. This draft is interesting because the quarterbacks – Last year, we had a run on quarterbacks, and the quarterbacks went right out of the gate. With right. Mac Jones, he fell to Bill Belichick, right? And it's not going to be an Aaron Rodgers scenario where Aaron Rodgers is sitting in the green room and can't believe that he hasn't been selected. There's, you know, Kenny Pickett is a player that people like out of Pittsburgh, who to me looks, looks a lot like, I mean, exactly like Justin Herbert. If you right. put Herbert in a Pitt uniform and him in an Oregon uniform, they look the same, maybe because they're white. Right, we always say that. <laughs> we don't see color on this podcast. And then you have Malik Willis, the quarterback out of Liberty, who looks super raw, 
because he hasn't played. He played at Liberty, right? And he had no fundamentals. But we said that about Trey Lance when he went to the 49ers. Right. And the Niners picked him and really didn't play him much. So big overview here is about the party because Nashville a few years ago, Tom, got a real number. 600,000 people came to Nashville. And they have the drone footage and all of that. Incredible. Vegas needs to beat that number because Johnny Katz, who's the entertainment reporter, was on my show in Vegas, and he broke a story saying that he believes if it goes this well in Vegas, the NFL might not have no choice. They'd have to look at Vegas as a residency, the way Gwen Whoa. Stefani and Bruno Mars and everybody, because they love Vegas. I was down there today walking by the high roller and the link where they're going to have at the Bellagio Fountains, and everybody who's from New York, see, the whole fucking world is about, I work in New York, it rains and snows, and it's gray all year, and we weren't allowed to go to work. Now they're right. in Vegas, and all, Roger Goodell and them, they all work in New York. Don't you think they're going to want a week in Vegas every year? Yeah, it's probably a great idea. And uh, it, it, it worked for a while with the Pro Bowl in Hawaii. But this, isn't, but this isn't the Pro Bowl. This isn't something that's probably going to fade in the way that the Pro Bowl has it, probably for good reasons. And, yeah, when people have their eye on this, you know, the people who make these type of decisions, and I think it uh, it really could happen. And there's when you say, you know, there's been a lot of steals. And, you know, Dan Fouts and Kenny Anderson and, and Fran Tarkington and, and uh, Roger Staubach and Joe Montana. And, and even if you just Tom take a look. Brady in the sixth round. Kurt Warner. I mean, these Hall of Famer, Hall of Famer, Hall of Famers that I'm naming that, were, you know, have been taken in the third round, fourth round, sometimes undrafted like Kurt Warner. So and I know a lot of times those are the throw out statistics. But when you take a look at the Hall of Fame and take a look at Johnny Unitas, who was cut by the Pittsburgh Steelers and Joe Montana, who was a lowly touted quarterback out of Notre Dame, et cetera, and Tom Brady as well. There are steals. You just don't know when you're getting them. And that's why I always feel like the draft is a lot, even though, you know, we always stick up for people who have hours and hours to fill and the draft is great filler, but it's not always great content because everyone's always wrong. Well, Jim Nance says at Augusta National, it's a tradition unlike any other. And yeah. I want to say it's my yeah. tradition unlike any other. Every year around the draft, I say the same thing. The Patriots got lucky. It was about 94% luck because they did pick Tom Brady. So yep. there was a skill set to do that. They had Tom Brady's name and they did it. But they had no interest in him because if they did, they would have traded up into the fifth round right. or the fourth round. So anybody could have jumped in front of Belichick in the sixth round, correct? Yep. Anybody. So no one did. Anybody could have jumped in front of Belichick in the fifth round. No one did. Well, yeah, and my point, they're all wrong all the time about this stuff. And, yeah. and Brady was drafted as the fourth string quarterback, came to camp. And if you remember, it's on his all of his, his features that they're doing now, Tom vs. Time and everything, uh, the, 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 the new man in the mirror thing or whatever he has out there, that's the big thing that's running now. Tom vs. Time was the first one. And Tom Brady recalls the fact that he told Robert Kraft when he saw him the first time at camp, this is going to be the best decision you ever made. And he knew he was going to make the team. Right. He was a fourth-string quarterback. I was fortunate to make the team. Bledsoe got oh. hurt, the Mo Lewis hit, and he became the greatest football player quarterback of all time. And what's a good quarterback, not necessarily football player. Don't get me going. Don't push my buttons. But that's what that goes to prove, too. And, and you really got to do it. You know, there's been a lot of times that that's happened, and the guy hasn't had a chance to prove it, and he's on a couch in Ames, Iowa, because coaches make up their minds. 
they've got him in their mind as the fourth string quarterback. He's going to help us through camp, and then we're going to dump him. And a lot of times they don't even notice the greatness, or they ignore it and say, ah, oh, that's a nice throw, but he's not going to be playing for our team. So it really, you have to bust your ass. And that's why those guys, Vontez Perfect. Well, I don't even know if I'm saying his name right, but God, he's, yes. And uh, he was this guy that was uh, undrafted. So he had a chip on his shoulder that drove him. And that's one of the reasons why he was always hitting until the whistle or a little bit later. And when you underestimate guys and they're able to rise above it and fool you, that's the chip that drives them forever. It's Man in the Arena with Tom Brady that's doing well. That's the latest docu-series on Tom Brady. So to recap the draft, because we're not going to waste your time, we value our podcast. We don't want to go through seven rounds because no one knows where anybody is going to go. The big hook to this draft is the edge rushers because Jacksonville picks first. A lot of people think Aiden Hutchinson out of Michigan who could have won the Heisman Trophy. He would be the pick, but now Trayvon Walker, the edge rusher out of Georgia, seems to be the consensus number one. So if Hutchinson drops to number two, he dropped to Detroit. And he's from, he plays in Michigan. Now that could be a disaster for him. Maybe he never (laughs) wants to play in Detroit. Whoever, who the hell wants to play in Detroit? So Hutchinson might say, yeah, to Jacksonville, or yeah, to the Jets, or yeah, to Houston. So who's going to go? out of the edge rushers first, and then there's two great offensive linemen, Evan Neal out of Alabama and Ike Ekwanu out of NC State. They're both mountain men. They're going to go with the Jets or Giants or Carolina right there near the top of the pick. The best cornerback available, there's really two cornerbacks that are great. Derek Stingley is a great player. Sauce Gardner is another player that everybody's talking about. And then there's going to be a run, Tom, on wide receivers in your backyard uh, there's a yep, great yep. wide receiver out of USC, Drake London, who I think could go to Atlanta at number eight, and he's going to be the first receiver off the board. So it's defensive edge rusher, the two big offensive linemen, and then a run that I think could go from eight, nine, all the way to 32 of about seven or eight wide receivers. You remember how, how on the air I always used to get so upset if someone was taken by Jacksonville yeah. because, I th- oh, my God, he's a great running back. I'll never see him again. And you feel sorry, and it takes me back to my childhood when I had, there were great players in the NFL, who I, great players in college football who I loved watching. Can't wait till that guy goes pro. And then they're chosen by the Jets or Jacksonville or the Detroit Lions. And I'm thinking, oh, my God. You know, before we all could watch any game we wanted, before there, we all had phones in our hands and we could see highlights from any game seconds after it happened, a guy named Barry Sanders was drafted by the lowly Detroit Lions. And I used to have to read the box scores. I said, oh, my God, he's one of the greatest running backs I've ever seen. But, God, he in L.A., he was never on television. And if you remember, it was before the package or anything. Just you know, he was going to be on NFL prime time. And a couple of highlights of a couple of his runs, if you're watching at 8 o'clock on ESPN. Otherwise, you know, a lot of Barry Sanders' great career wasn't seen by a lot of people because – it was before you know, it was before the internet. It was before cable was really popular, and he played for the Detroit Lions. And no, it's like a tree falling in the fucking forest. Imagine if you had to wait for Howard Cosell's update at halftime on Monday Night Football before <laughs> <Right>. ESPN. <laughs> You're right. Oh but uh, another big point I want to make: the Raiders don't have a pick. They gave up their pick for Devontae Adams, which is great. Who yep. would you rather have? Uh, would you rather have Henry Ruggs, who's out of the league? Would you rather have? 
you know, a player who could be a first-round bust. You get a known product. That's always been your yeah, favorite way to go. Year, they, yep. they took Alex Leatherwood, the Raiders did last year, 17 overall. Number 17 overall, and it turned out they had to move him from right tackle to inside because he wasn't good enough. And I'm sitting here going, why worry about that when you have Devontae Adams, the best receiver? So Raider fans are going to have to deal with being in Vegas and walking up and down the strip with no pick right. in the third round. But I've been explaining this to everybody again, and I think it's going to be more fun. We're here in Vegas. I've walked the strip. I've seen everything. I'm going to be out there hosting big events. It's about the party. In, t- in life, you have to embrace the party. So what I've been telling Raider Nation is don't look at this like the draft. You don't have to tilt your head to the stage. You don't have to wait for the commissioner to hug some player. Just get online and get more beer. Walk up and down the strip, which is usually packed with cars, automobiles. You can walk. on. It's like walking on the track at the Daytona 500. You can walk on the strip with an open container because we're a free country in Vegas. It'll probably smell a little bit green in Vegas, <laughs> but enjoy the party. Treat it like Mardi Gras. There, so they're closing down the strip. To, yes. to, to, oh, my God. You know, some cities do that. Uh, you know, All throughout Europe, they did that. You know, in Rome, all those great cities and plazas that, you know, that we, you and I have both been to, they used to have cars going through them. And then they closed down all those narrow streets to cars. And it's a walking, Rome is a walking city. And a lot of cities have done that in different parts. And uh, I know Santa Monica Promenade is one of them. And, but a lot of cities have done that. And you might get addicted to being able to walk the strip without traffic on it. Parts of Times Square now are like yeah. that. Uh, parts off Sunset Boulevard are like that, uh, where it used to be, you know, cut off streets. And now it's, it's, it's parks. It's, it's wonderful. I think you're really going to like it. I love Embrace the Party. That's going to be in the promo. Now, you said you've been walking the strip, which is which is totally you taking in the situation, taking it in so you can later on broadcast about it. Don't you have some big old fashioned radio remotes going on? Well, I do have a radio remote at Caesars Palace, which is going to be great. And then uh, I'm I'm going to host my show from the Raiders draft party on top of a big nightclub in oh, Vegas man. called Dre's, which is the 50-yard line, to the, one of the best views. We'll post some pictures at JT the Brick and just enjoy a good time. You know, I wasn't born in Vegas. I was born in North Massapequa, Long Island, home of the Baldwin mm. brothers, Jerry Seinfeld, the Stray Cats. We apologize for Joey Buttafuoco. And who who I who grew I grew up with. What's up, Rose? Isn't Rosie O'Donnell your neighbor growing uh, no, up? No, Rosie's from Long Island. She shamed Long Island. No one has <laughs> shamed Long Island more than Alec Baldwin because he's doing yeah, oh something God. really bad now. He's having kids without thinking about having kids. If you have a kid accidentally, it's a blessing. You right. weren't planning on having a kid. You're fifty or you're sixty. Oh my God, you had a baby. Wow, this is great. Yeah. Your wife's young. She wants to have it. He's having one, two, three, four, five, six kids on top of his other kids because he accidentally, wink, wink, shot someone on a movie set. He's being accused of all this. He's hunkered down at home. And Alec is now just having kid after kid after kid. I don't know how much money is going to be left for those kids the way he's behaving. Oh, you're right. You know, a friend of mine grew up with seven brothers and sisters. His father was president of a very famous automobile company uh that sold a certain auto part i don't want to say who it is i don't want people to feel, try to figure it out to uh to all you know all the automotive companies in the country and maybe even the world so they grew up with a lot of money they lived in manhattan and in the winter time they lived in miami he had maids and nannies 
And then by the time all, and his dad wasn't that great with money, even though he made a lot of it, by the time all eight kids had gone through college, uh, then dad died and mom had to go sell real estate because dad didn't save it. So you're right. You have too many kids, no matter how much money you're making. And if you're not always good at managing it and the creative types aren't always, then, uh, then you're right. There may not be any left. And you know, it's, I've always wondered, you know, a lot of times in acting, the parts you really excel at usually aren't that far from your personality. There are Daniel Day-Lewis and other people that can play eccentric characters that are nowhere near their personality and play a dressmaker or, or whatever. But Alec Baldwin always was really good at playing assholes. Do you think there's a reason for that? <laughs> he is great at playing an asshole. And he wasn't an asshole in The Hunt for Red October. He was so great in that oh. movie that really broke his career along with a couple other movies. Well, I'm just, we got off on this Alec Baldwin thing That's because right. he's brought shame to my hometown. I sent you the Baz Luhrmann Elvis official trailer to the movie that dropped oh my god break the internet i cannot wait for this this is the epic movie i've been waiting for i've been waiting for the studios to do it they brought in baz lerman who can do everything eloquently from musicals to big star-studded attraction it stars tom hanks as colonel tom parker and it looks incredible all the views on youtube everybody's talking about it and i want to know this what is the release date of elvis never ask oh. your co-host a question hey, that's why you edit a podcast that's why you mark the tape and edit it i have no idea but the it, the trailer dropped it looks amazing tom hanks is behind it uh i'm predicting right now because this is elvis's entire life entire life from a little boy uh going to gospel performances all the way up to the end of his life I'm predicting now Tom Hanks wins best supporting actor or depending on how large the role is as best actor because he's a popular guy and the movies love Tom Hanks. And I do have the answer so we don't have to edit the podcast, but it is because that's part of the fun uh, of this. And, and I always judge a movie by the release date. And so I trust this movie because, as I always point out, that Hollywood dumps its garbage between January and May. So never trust any movie that comes out January, February, March, April. This movie will will uh, release on June 24th. Will this movie will drop on June 24th, 2022? So I trust it. Well, I, just gonna, I just hope it's not too Moulin Rouge for me. A movie that I liked. I did like that because it just was like a trip. As you watched it here, but you know, oh yeah, or like, or like Rocket Man, which is also a really good movie. But when you're when they sing every line of the movie, yeah, I, I, that, that's so fifties and sixties to me. And it, it's uh, which was before our time. I, 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 I have yeah, and I feel snoo snooty or maybe uncultured. I just I don't like when every word of a movie is sung to me. That's yeah, I don't mind. think that's going to be the case here. What I love about this is an epic about Elvis Presley has been talked about for a really long time. And this needs to happen. This needs to be unbelievable. It needs to be a home run. And Elvis deserves that type of notoriety in a movie. Oh, if you're yeah. gonna do an Elvis movie right, do it big, do it right. Have Tom Hanks behind it and make it big. And it's been long enough since his death, which was in the 70s, that there's generations, you know, there's it's, it's, it's a household name like Muhammad Ali, uh, or, or, or other legendary names that younger people know about. Mike Tyson, 
that they know about that's legendary. A lot of kids named after even Mexican-American kids named after Elvis Presley over the years. Elvis, Elvis. But uh, so in Los Angeles, you wouldn't believe how many young Elvis kids there are or middle aged by now. But they weren't really familiar with the career because of their age. And so so many people can say, oh, I can go see what mom and grandma were always talking about. I can't recall a time on the radio where I've been more happy about a team losing and getting swept than Brooklyn and Kyrie Irving wow. getting eliminated oh from the God. postseason. Let me clarify this because we've talked about it on the podcast, and thanks for downloading it again and subscribing. The reason why the Nets lost is because they were a very low seed because Kyrie Irving wasn't available because he wasn't vaccinated in New York for COVID-19. Because of the vaccine mandate, he missed 50 three games that caused the super team to miss the one, two, three, four seed where they would have played at home. They played in the play in tournament, the play in tournament, which the Lakers couldn't get into. And they had no chance against the Celtics. The Celtics were great. They played lockdown defense and Kyrie Irving has been getting eviscerated. He should take all the blame. He's not He's saying stupid things like we didn't have time to gel. Excuse me. You didn't have time to gel because you didn't play. And all he had to do was what little four-year-old girls did who were too afraid to look at the needle. And their mommy said, turn away. And they got a little jab. They got a little vaccine. And then the 90-year-old who already lived his entire life said, I want to live a little bit longer. And he got the vaccine so he can contribute and try to stop COVID, which hasn't been working. But Kyrie, who thinks the world is flat, the earth is flat, has a whole bunch of other hocus-pocus ideas, he's the reason the Nets got swept. And, uh, you know, KD, KD oh, chose man. chose that guy. You know, he, I, Let me go yeah. team up with that guy. KD was kind of with these normal guys <laughs> at Golden State, right? He, I mean, he was the most sensitive and, uh, uh, and quirky of all the teammates in Golden State. He was on a very level, with the exception of maybe one or two players, who we know who they are. And the Golden State Warriors, everybody else was pretty level-headed. I think he's got regrets now, don't you? Yeah, he does, because he could have been having dinner on off nights with Steph Curry and Steph's wife, and they could have been hanging out together. One of the wealthiest cities in the country, as he really handles his money well. We we talked about that. He loves tech on an off day. In the morning, he loves to drive down to Google or Apple, and he loves tech and all that. He had everything right for him. But really, another big part of the story is that James Harden saw this. So I've been critical of Harden. Harden forced his way out. And he forced his way out to go to Philadelphia. And the reason he did to give him a slight bit of credit is he saw how toxic Kyrie was and he wasn't available. Kevin Durant's always in a bad mood. And for Harden, who I criticize for being out of shape, he's quit on two teams now. He quit on Houston. He quit on Brooklyn. Fact, not fiction. He quit on those teams. Now he's in Philadelphia. We'll see how that works out. But he was smart enough to get out of Brooklyn because he saw it wasn't going to work. Well, there are also certain players that can handle, okay, I've lost a step. I don't mind not being the guy. Not everybody can handle that. But every once in a while, a great trans, a, trans, a great player who transcends the sport can all of a sudden say, okay, I've lost a little bit of step. I don't have to be. The guy, Bob McAdoo did it. If you want to go back to the hot tub time machine and get back to winning time in Lakers. And 
and, and the Showtime era, Bob McIntyre was a great part of that. And he was a star in Buffalo and Detroit. But he was able to say, okay, I don't have to be the guy. And if you have that within your ego, then you can extend your career and have a nice one. He totally destroyed everything that they had. They had a really good chance to do something super special. So I was talking to a sports book director about this, the liability when a sports book, a casino books, all the bets. So thousands of people come up and go, I want to pick the Lakers to win the championship. And then they just keep, we're not talking about spending 10,000. We're talking about all those twenties, all -hmm. those hundreds. And then on the other side of the country or in Vegas, everyone's doing the same thing. I want to bet the nets to win. I want to bet the nets to win. You wonder why they're building more billion dollar casinos. These Sports books have no no more liability. The Lakers and the Brooklyn Nets have been removed. So all of those to win the Eastern Conference, gone. <laughs> yes. to win the NBA title, gone. All of those bets, and there's some guy in the back room who looks like a character in a Monopoly cartoon is just raking <laughs> in all that money and laughing as everybody wow. thought those two teams had a chance. Do you know what really killed uh, the um, the Vegas profit margin for the mob? The digital age. And then, okay, let's let's just sell this thing to a corporation. The digital age. I, if we go back in the hot tub time machine, when I was a uh, a waiter at the Sidewalk Cafe, I just thought of this last night. Our general manager, who had been there twenty or twenty five years, I bet maybe she was pinching maybe let's just say a hundred dollars a day. That's three thirty six thousand dollars a year, right? She was there twenty years. Do that math. Pinch, 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 pinch. When we put the digital computers in. And cash registers, she retired. <laughs> Young. And I have a feeling, okay, the jig is up. I can't pinch $100 a day anymore or it'll be missing. And I, uh, it, it wasn't, wouldn't it be amazing to be in Vegas and be able to work back in the day when they didn't have money counting machines and it wasn't digital and you could slip in money, cash into your pocket when you worked in that back room before there were cameras? Wouldn't it have been amazing? It would have been incredible. We've seen it in the movies, and we've seen what it's looked like. It looks incredible. Hey, one more thing on Kyrie, and I want to balance the podcast. The reason why I root against him hard, and I'm not shedding a tear for Duran, is they didn't want to play for my Knicks. Nah, they could have, right. if they would have been went to the Knicks, and they would have said Brooklyn hipsters. Where's Brooklyn? How do I get on? What train do I take to get to Brooklyn? Nobody wears that jersey. I lived in Long Island my whole life. I never went to Brooklyn, and they decided to go to Brooklyn. When they could have went to the Knicks, the Knicks were a rebuild. The Nets were a rebuild. So follow me here. The mecca of Madison Square Garden, the greatest arena on earth. You know, the Knicks haven't won in God knows how long, but they are an historic franchise for their championships and arena. And all they had to do, same tax bracket, same oversales tax, everything's expensive in New York. If they just would have played with the Knicks. And the Knicks fans, because Brooklyn doesn't have any fans. They were like Clipper fans. They never called the show. I never see them in an airport. I don't know who they are. If they both would have went to my Knicks, I would have got behind them. I would have put up with some of the bullshit. I wouldn't have sided with Kyrie on the COVID, but I would have welcomed them back. And then the echoes of the Garden would have been so great. And if they won there, it would have felt great like they relaunched the Knicks instead of the Brooklyn Nets, who no one cares about in this country. The last time your New York Knicks were good, they used to have a great rivalry with the Los Angeles Lakers. (laughs) There were people like Phil Jackson and Tom Bradley playing for the New York Knicks. 
and Jerry West for the Los Angeles Lakers. Now, there's a conspiracy theory, JT, and one of the conspiracy theories is that one of the top sources for winning time on HBO would be Jerry West's nemesis, Phil Jackson. That is one of the big conspiracy theories going on that a lot of the dirt on Jerry West that doesn't fit in with the legacy has been shoveled by a notorious uh, gossiper, surprisingly, over the years, Phil Jackson. What do you think of that conspiracy? I could see that because Phil had so much access and so much Mm -hmm. access. Remember Jeff Perlman's book, Winning Time. Jeff Perlman, Game of Shadows, the books I've read of his. I never uh, read Winning Time. And because, you know, I'm not a Laker fan, but I like Jeff Perlman and his books. I should have read it. But as we've talked about that over the last couple of weeks, because remember, we were podcasting or I was talking on radio a lot about the last dance with Michael Jordan, Mm -hmm. that real documentary. So it wasn't an actor of Michael Jordan showing Michael Jordan before his wife or while he was dating his wife, having sex with another actress on a TV show. I mean, really? Magic goes to the door. He's in a robe. There's Cookie, his future wife and mother of his kids. And Cookie says goodbye. And then he goes back into the room and he's sleeping with Cookie's best friend. Did we have to put that in there? Did we really have to stretch the limits of Hollywood and make Jerry West sit in a limo in the tunnel of Boston Garden and like throw stuff at the radio and scream at the radio and act like he was a lunatic? He might have been crazy at times, but no one was in a limo. It was all made up, and now Jerry West is taking this to the Supreme Court of the United States of America. He is. You, He's considering you, you know, it. First of all, when you take something to court, it doesn't start out in the Supreme Court. He's got to like take that downtown somewhere and have a have a judge laugh at it there. Uh, but you know, it, if what the the whole delicious satire is that he's been painted as this eccentric, uh, spoiled, rotten athlete, which we could all we've all watched all of our lives, a lot of them, with a quick temper and over dramatic, and to prove them wrong, <laughs> he's being overly dramatic, saying he's going to take HBO to the Supreme Court, which is not how it works, but. Uh, he's actually kind of proving their point. This is what he's like by the way he's reacting. Point. But this is Bill Dwyer, <laughs> someone you know well from the L.A. Times. Yeah. You're in L.A. In LA. According to the L.A. Times, mm-hmm. Wes told L.A. Times sports editor Bill Dwyer that he would take his dispute to the highest court if he asked to uh, this past week. And the series made all of us, the Lakers characters, look like cartoon characters they belittled something good. If I have to, I will take this all the way to the Supreme Court. And HBO pretty much laughed it off. The HBO said we have a long history of producing compelling content drawn from actual facts and events that are fictionalized in part for dramatic purposes. When he said that to Bill Dwyer, was he d- doing shots inside of a limo? <laughs> Look, if we made a movie about... JT the Brick having one of his radio shows being oh. taken away from him, me throwing a vase. That would be accurate. accurate. When my wife's saying, this is good. You need more nights off. You work too much. You work longer than everyone. And then there's a vase breaking. And I'm like, that would be accurate. It would be oh traumatizing my, my life, but it would be fairly accurate. Well, I, Jerry West, I think so highly of, and it's been fun because you, you, you don't think as highly of him as a basketball survivor. Well, you saw the first episode and thought I wrote it. Yeah, I thought you wrote it, but the last one, you know, the the series, 
But you know, he, you know what he's upset about is the narrative. The narrative was he was the genius behind the Showtime Lakers. Uh, and he brought and and you find out he he was against drafting Magic Johnson, which I, yeah, everybody it's, insiders always knew that. That's a fact. He was not the general manager. Bill Sharman was. That's a fact, and that's kind of what they're really pounding home mm-hmm. is that as well. And you know, guys in their thirties and forties do have more volatile tempers than the people who knew Jerry West in his sixties and seventies and eighties. But if people, you're gonna do a movie, if you're gonna do a fictional movie about a real character who happens to be an icon. Mm-hmm. Things that I think that should be off limits are the re- relevations about drugs and sex. We know that he's a heterosexual male and he has sex right. with women. We know that some drink alcohol. They were alcoholics. Like Spencer Haywood is so, shown right. in the show. Everybody knew that Spencer Haywood was a guy who had a drug problem. Right. They showed him in a scene with a baby in the house smoking right. crack. And you can put two and two together and say, yeah, he was troubled with drugs. But to sit there and have Magic Johnson, Magic Johnson, who we know was cheating on Cookie when he was married, before he was married, uh, HIV, what was happening in his lifestyle, to specifically show him in the act of sex when he was in the relationship in the dramatization show Winning Time, I really think it's crossing a line. Do we need to see that, or can we insinuate it? A lot of times, it, well, insinuating is kind of the way they made movies in the 50s. <laughs> I think that, that we've kind of, how often have we all, even no matter what, uh, even no matter how open sexually we are, looked at a movie and said it didn't really need that? A lot of times, and we see it in sports casting, and we see it in sports broadcasting, and we see it in commercials for beer during games where they think, I always told you my, my quote from Grubba the Prison Guard, a girl crazy guy I grew up with still, uh, girl crazy, and um, who said peop- these guys who produce these shows always think I need sex with my sports, and I don't. And you know, this was a guy who was a very healthy young guy when we were growing up. So I think that movies and sports casting always kind of step into that, dip their toe in those waters when they don't necessarily have to. But it's art, and that was the decision that they made. And I am loving every episode. I, I have seen every episode, and usually I, I on Sunday I'm nights, up. I'm right there. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm caught up too. Down the road as we wrap up winning time and we do the last one, I'll get more deep into my story when I snuck into the forum club. So I was oh. living in San Diego and my buddy Michael Gerber in my wedding, one of my best friends, me and him had tickets and we drove up to a Laker game and I was a stockbroker. So it was after work and we had suits. I had He wore a suit because I had a suit and we got to the Laker game and we had little pocket cameras, those little pocket cameras at the time, which uh-huh. was the rave. And we just happened to hit this beautiful night. The Lakers were playing. We got a picture of Worthy outside. We got an unbelievable picture of Magic. I can't wait to show it and tweet it out to you. And then we're on the outside of the Forum Club where the big awning is. It's just mm-hmm. the Forum Club. And we got by the guards. And we got into the Forum Club. And we looked apart. We were super young. Uh-huh. We were in suits. And we were hanging out. And we got a drink at the bar. I remember paying cash. Didn't have a credit card. And there were beautiful women around. And it, I was surprised how late it went after the game. Because now we go to events, sporting right. events, and after the game, they're like, oh, you got to go home. They slap you on the wrist. You got to go home. You got to go home. <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? I'm in Vegas. Oh, you got to go home. No, I don't. But they make you go. And we spent a good hour and a half in the forum club. And wow. it's just starting to come back to me, seeing it in winning time, which is great. I do remember 
the rumors back in the day. And I do like that they're dipping their toes in the waters here as well. The, the drugs that are involved in winning time. I, I was surprised because I heard all those stories. I heard that Jack Nicholson had his own special cocaine room uh, at the forum because a friend of mine, I think, accidentally opened up the door and and Jack was mid snort. So uh, I'm wondering if that's going to be part of it, too. And it looks like there's going to be a lot of leeway because they're gonna, they've signed on for season two. So there's going to be a lot more for people to bitch about. But, you know, when you take a look at athletes, we are always so quick to judge the spoiled, rotten, entitled athletes who don't behave well. And it just looks like Jerry West was was one of those young guys who was a spoiled, rotten, entitled athlete who always had the red carpet rolled out. And all his life he had the red carpet rolled out. And every once in a while, when it isn't rolled out for him, He's been so used to it, entitled to that red carpet I being rolled out. I could not disagree with he you. Has a, he has a temper tantrum when it's I, not rolled well, the, out. The temper tantrum and the anxiety and the insanity of what was eating Don't at Don't you know who I am? All the losses in the finals with a good team that was just yeah. as talented as you saw in winning time because of the leprechaun and Red Arback and the refs right. in Boston. That was real. Yeah. The refs in Boston. And the light race issues that were happening and the Lakers yes. coming in with African-American players and Bill Russell, who was a legend at the time, he won one championship when he could have won seven. And again, there's not many athletes in that boat ever. Oh, so you're West, right. West has the right to be, Tom, angry and pissed off at his basketball side of life. But the fact that they're adapting this book and to make him out that he was that miserable in his personal life, sitting on a couch with a woman, they're pushing it too far. And I think that's what broke West. And that's why West yeah. wants, wants this uh, lawsuit. And I think he's uh, going to get this lawsuit. Well, everything you just described describes the character in the movie. He's acting like the character in the movie right now, being overdramatic, entitled and spoiled, saying, don't talk that way about me. I'm taking it to the Supreme Court. He's acting just like the, the character on HBO can play this perfectly. Uh, and I, I also, everything you're describing about him is pretty admirable. It's the way high uh, competitive athletes at that level think and, and dwell on losses. And so far, they really haven't shown any poor character on Jerry West's part. They show a younger guy with higher testosterone who's losing his temper and incredibly competitive and driven. And he was wrong about the draft about Magic Johnson. People, as we've talked about, as we book on the show, people are wrong about the draft all the time. That's not a character flaw, even though it does make you look like an idiot when you find out he didn't want to draft Magic Johnson because he smiled a lot. Well, I just want to wrap this up by thanking you for not letting me take our former employer to the Supreme Court. Because <laughs> I wanted my severance and that wink, wink 401k with right. counted interest over 17 years, fully invested in the market as I look out at my backyard and backyard bricks. So thank me for not putting that in jeopardy when I wanted to take them to the Supreme Court. Oh, thank you for listening to all 38 minutes and 59 seconds of the JT and Looney podcast. We appreciate every download and every eardrum that listens to the podcast thank you so much we're powered by bet online by the way where the game starts thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube